Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my adorable co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. <laughs> hey, Jacqueline. She's really cute in this this like flower pat- patterned uh, shawl thing today. And uh, the funny thing is that I cleaned out my closet, you know, Marie Kondoing my life right now. <laughs> and I put this aside thinking, hey, I'm just going to wait for the spring. And then when I saw it, because it was up front, you know, from everything, I was like, hey, I'm just going to wear that today. I could use a little bit of springtime. Tomorrow, it's a high of three degrees in Iowa. <sighs> high of three. I didn't even look at the low. It's like that bad. Yep. My mom, bless her heart, was here um, from California when it was one degree. I was like, oh, Alexa. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to call her Amanda. I was like, Amanda, what's the weather? She's like, it is high of one degree. I was like, oh my God, mom, you got to go. You got to go back. Yeah. Um, So we are really excited today because we were able to meet the most amazing person in person. Um, Someone that we follow, we listen to her podcast. We love everything she does. And I think we've really seen sort of like the growth of her as an influencer and like a key person in marketing space which is Amy Porterfield. We got to meet her in person, in the flesh, in San Diego at Kick-Ass Masterminds. And we were so inspired by the things that she taught us that we wanted to share what the lessons that we learned from Amy Porterfield by meeting her in person. Yeah. If you want to go see a picture of all three of us, Biz besting it up. She had her you know, arms around us and her hand was on my shoulder, by the way, which means like BFF status right there. Um, it's on our Instagram. So follow us at the product boss on Instagram. Yep. And I just want to share before we jump into all of that, have you guys liked us or subscribed to our podcast yet on where you're listening? Um, we would so appreciate it if you could subscribe so we could pop onto your phone every Thursday and you could hear all of the goodness for you product entrepreneurs. And if you get a chance to review us, hopefully you love us <laughs> as much as we love you guys, um, we would <laughs> love for you to leave a review. So I just wanted to share a couple of reviews from online. Just kind of shout out to you because we are so appreciative of you uh, leaving a review. So first one was from NNG3. It's titled one of my top podcasts. And she says, or he says, this is by far one of my favorite business podcasts. I absolutely love listening to Jacqueline and Mina. They are full of amazing tips and advice for product-based businesses. And they are so easy and fun to listen to. Thank you. Like sitting down to coffee with old friends, highly recommended. Thank you so much for posting that. Thank you so much, NNG3. Uh, coffee with old friends. That sounds amazing. I'd love to have coffee with you one day. DM <laughs> us. We can maybe do it online. <laughs> right. Coffee chat, virtual. Um, and then the, other, the next one is from Shopping in Flats. Do you want to read that one? Sure. It says, 
so it's titled best use of my time, which is like so good right there. Um, I've been binge listening to you guys for the past week and it's been the best use of my time. Now I listen to podcasts at work instead of listening to music on Sirius XM. I've learned so much from the episodes I've listened to so far and I'm looking forward to implementing them. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, so we're basically beating out Sirius XM. We're beating them out, which is pretty freaking amazing. And we're free. You don't have to pay to subscribe to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, again. All the reviews really help us. It really helps get our message out there to other people. And also, we read every single one of them. So we so, so appreciated it. And we, since we don't know who you are, if you'd like to reach out to us on our Instagram at the product boss and DM us, um, which we've had people do in the past. They've told us like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And we're like, Oh, we love it. Thank you so much. So like I said, if you get a chance, head on over and like review, subscribe, and we'll see you on Instagram in the DMs. Yeah. My favorite thing that I like to hear, by the way, is I like to hear like what you guys like listening to. It's, it's so nice to know that we're being helpful. Um, and because we put a lot of thinking time and, and, you know, podcast and podcast recording time into it. It's nice to know that you guys are actually like finding it helpful. So that's so wonderful to hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to review us and send those our way. Yeah. So let's jump into Amy Porterfield and the lessons we learned from meeting her in San Diego, which is her hometown. So um, we we came away with three lessons and um, she really outlined sort of what she does in her business. So Mina, do you want to sort of explain that? Yeah. So she said that as visionary and CEO of her business, she has three roles and those are the roles that she focuses on. She doesn't think about anything else. And so we're going to go through those three roles. And so I'm just going to go through them and then we'll go through them one by one. So number one is big relationships. Number two is content creation. And number three is meetings with her team. And so I know those are really broad ideas. So we wanted to kind of help you guys implement them in the product boss, you know, realm of things and see how you can work that into your own business. We were actually just dealing with this in our six figure and above mastermind. So these people are multi six figure, if not seven figure um, businesses, product based businesses. And a lot of them are dealing with that sort of thing of they, they have been doing everything they can do everything, but should they be doing everything? So obviously it's hard to jump from the doer of all things to the doer of three things, but we, wanted, <laughs> you know, but we just want to share with you how somebody like Amy and other people that eventually start to define roles within their company and they're able to stay as she calls it as the visionary that you're able to stay this high level area in, in your business. And then from there you have other people tasking and doing other things. And we've talked about that in previous episodes and we're just going to kind of talk about how she actually implements it. So one thing that she brought up was big relationships. So she focuses on big relationships. And I was like, ta-da, like it was like like a light bulb in my head. I was like, this is genius. Because we all know we need to cultivate and keep these relationships going with people that we meet. You know, maybe you go to a trade show, you meet a bunch of people, you go to a live mastermind, you meet people, and we meet all the people, but it's really hard to keep in contact with everyone. And so Amy really cares about um, her big relationships. So some bigger, big relationships, 
that that she can actually genuinely keep. So it's these aren't people that you're just sort of like keeping, you know, on the side because you're trying to get something from them, but she's actually really trying to like establish a genuine relationship with them. Yeah, it is, you know, an authentic connection. So basically it's those people that really stand out to you that you want to be in the future with, you know, and, and keep in touch with them. So um, her role, as she said, was she's the person that picks those big relationships that will basically ultimately be in her life or in her business or whatever. So those are the big connections that she's really um, cultivating. So let's break down some big relationships as a product business owner, some people that you could either maintain these relationships or start relationships with, and then how to develop them and and keep them as these big relationships that do need to be cultivated. So think about this as like a garden that you have to tend to. You absolutely have to tend to it. It needs to be watered. It needs to be fed. It has to be looked after. So who are those people? So some ideas that I would say to you as product entrepreneurs are if you're business to business, if you're selling wholesale, you may need to keep relationships with bigger buyers, right? So people who are buying from stores. It could be that it's a buyer that believed in you, that very first buyer that ever purchased from you to go wholesale. That was the person who believed in you. Maybe you really trust their feedback. It could be we have a client that met with Bed Bath & Beyond. It could be the buyer at Bed Bath & Beyond that maybe right now your product's not ideal for Bed Bath & Beyond, but you keep that relationship alive that when you are ready to go, you've sort of, you've kept that. Um, So thinking about any sort of wholesale buyers, people who are making decisions to purchase your product. So that would be one person I would say. Yeah, for sure. That's business to business. And then even, you know, those people that, our smaller business, like the, the thinking business to business, the influencers that you want to connect with, you know, the people that really get your brand, they might not have the hugest following. They might just be the ones that get your brand, understand who you are, who you want to be in the future, and really embody that in, in their own message, you know? So really thinking about, you know, who stands out on the, those platforms as well. And so think about Everybody grows. So I watched Rent Live last night on Fox and Brennan, who's at Brennan, <laughs> was the lead guy who, by the way, on he broke his foot the night before dress rehearsal. So they had to kind of reconfigure the whole Rent Live on Fox, right? So we had some friends on the show because my husband's a Broadway actor and we were watching and I was looking at him on Instagram because I was trying to figure out, I didn't know who he was. He comes from country, like a country music singer. Well, literally, you guys, in the three hours of me watching it, he went from 14,000 followers to when I last checked when it ended East Coast feed to 20,000 plus followers. So he gained 4,000 followers instantly, right? You never know how fast an influencer is going to grow. So they may be easier to reach at 14,000 followers, at 10,000 followers, at 15, if they are so dialed into your product, if they really believe in it. Because at that point, Bigger brands aren't willing to willing to send them stuff, but if they love it and they're willing to talk about it and really be like an ambassador to your your product, then they're the person to to work with now as they grow because they've got a growth plan for their own business. They're going to grow on social media, and if they love your stuff and you took a chance on them in the very beginning, it's way easier than it is for you to like jump into any of the like hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, million plus influencers. Yeah, even especially since you don't know if those big influencers are going to really you know, care about you or believe in you or even push traffic your way or anything like that. So I think, you know, the thing that Amy Porterfield, I think the thing that I liked about what she said is that she was the one that held onto those relationships. Like she was active in it. 
So it's like basically she was the active person in pursuing big relationships. It wasn't her intern. It wasn't her implementer. It wasn't her, you know, hired out social media person. It was her. She was the one that she holds the reins on it. And she, uh, she actively stays like a good friend or, you know, and she's a genuine part of those people's lives and cultivating like a big relationship with them, a real connection. Yeah. So it could even be a mentor in your life. It could be a business coach, someone that you, you at some point had paid for something. Um, maybe you paid an agency like a Facebook ad agency and, and you know, the owner, maybe you're not paying them anymore, but you keep that relationship alive. Um, Another person, like if you're, I'm going to go back to the wholesale part. If you are trying to sell to stores and maybe you get a sales rep or maybe you meet some sales reps, maybe you're at a trade show and you meet some reps, you just, you might want to pick a couple of those because maybe you're not ready right now for a sales rep, but maybe later down the road you will be. And they're also maybe monitoring how your business is growing. Whatever she said though, is that it was a genuine connection. So it wasn't like a, like you weren't trying to use them, but you were reaching out every so often saying like, Hey, or, you know, they've got kids and maybe it's summertime be like, hey, how's Lucy? Um, how's she doing? Like, how's the summer? You know, you're staying genuinely connected to these people. And I mean, it's always, it comes down to the relationship, right? Like some of the biggest things you hear about people growing or expanding in their lives is because some sort of relationship took them to that next level. Someone knew someone who knew someone that really helped increase their business. Yeah. And I think people have to keep in mind, this is the way it is in conference life too. The first time you meet somebody, you might not hit it off with them. Second time, you know, you already know that person. It's easier for you to, you know, understand that person's personality or their social cues or whatever, you know, third time, even easier. It's like that touch point thing. And then no like, and trust that happens in big relationships too. That happens also in friendships and partnerships and all that stuff. So actually both sides, right? Don't put that kind of pressure on that person where they're like, hey, you're my biz bestie now. But don't also um, count somebody out because you didn't hit it off with them right away either. You just kind of have to let just see where that happens. But you are in charge of that, right? You are in charge of the big relationships that can propel your business forward and ultimately make your life more enjoyable as well. Mm -hmm. So I created this strategy with my husband because like I said, he's a Broadway actor and he knows a lot of people. So if he does a job, there, there are literally maybe at least a hundred people working on a, on a project and he meets them and they'll all work with each other again, somewhere else down the line, be it an actor, be it a lighting person, be it the person who puts his microphone on, whatever it is, they, they, they work in the industry and they'll, they'll see them again. So we were going over that and we were thinking, well, you know, who, who are some big connections that you want to maintain? Maybe some of them are coworkers, like maybe there are other actors that he's, you know, had the chance to work with, but doesn't work with as often. Maybe it's a producer or a director. Maybe it's somebody who works for him. Maybe it's his agent or his manager that you kind of just want to keep that relationship. You know, like I said, like a plant, like you're tending to it because for example, agent and manager, if they, like him and they think about him often, they may be willing to sort of um, push him forward. Like he may come top of mind when there's something that comes, you know, quickly. So, but it's genuine because this is his team and he loves them. So we kind of came up with a strategy and I wanted to, you know, share it with you guys. There's how many weeks in a year? 50, 52. <laughs> I know. I was thinking it's 50 as well. I'm not even sure. So depending on what time of year it is right now, you could break it down. But I basically gave it to him because if we said 50 people to reach out to once a week, that was a little bit overwhelming. So we were like, let's brainstorm a list of 25 people 
that we would like to stay connected to. They might be people that we don't have a relationship with yet, or it might be people that we do. So we've got some stretch stretch goals on there. And then we have some people that we already have relationships with. For example, we just came out of the holidays and didn't send a single person he works with a holiday card. I don't know why. We thought about family and friends. We didn't even think about sort of like reaching out to those people that would be on the list. So what we did is we wrote down 25 names of people that we that are big relationships that we want to cultivate and and um, stay close to and tend to and connect with in real, real time. Like they're not just a number on our followers or likes or friends or whatever. And um, what we're going to do is we're going into our calendar and we're actually going to put on our calendar every one to two weeks that name as a reminder to ourselves to reach out, be it text, be it email, a card. Maybe we know when their birthday is. Maybe if they are a certain religion, we send them something for a holiday. But we're going to, and we're going to cycle through that. And we're just going to do those 25 people for this entire year. And they're going to hear from us twice of just like a random, hey, what's up? And then, like I said to him, then it's, then it's about once you kind of do that reach out, then if they're willing to meet up and actually you know, maybe it's like, Hey, how are you? Great. Oh, I'm going to be in New York. Let's have coffee. If it goes into that, then let's go and have coffee and actually have an, like an in-person real life meeting. Cause it's hard to stay connected at this point in social media and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and then on the same thing, it's easy too, because you could just make like a really genuine comment on their Instagram or, you know, an unsolicited, you know, like bragging of them to somebody else and tag them or whatever, you know? So I think it's however you want it to look. 25 is great. Um, Elizabeth Cook Communications, Elizabeth, she does uh, copywriting. She told me about 19 and 19. So it's hashtag 19 in 2019. I forget what author that does it. Um, She does, is it Gretchen Rubin maybe? Yeah, yeah. So she does hashtag 19 in 2019, but it's goals that you have, right? So top of mind, 19 goals. Instead, those could be the 19 people that you want to stay connected with this year. So do 19, count, you know, jot down 19 names and, and then every, you know, every couple of weeks, put an alert on your phone that you need to pick one of the 19. You could draw, you know, tear it up, draw it from a cup or whatever. And that's somebody you actively put your energy into connecting with. And it could be, so let's just say, let's just say you want to get your product into Bed Bath & Beyond and you don't know the buyers. That could be somebody on your list later on that you're starting to try and figure out how to find them and connect with them and probably reach back out again too. So, so not everyone needs to be somebody you actually know right now. I wouldn't make a lot of them stretch goal people, but maybe there's just a couple people that you're like, if I was able to establish a relationship with this person, it would catapult me forward if I found the buyer, if I got onto this podcast, you know, um, what, what could that do for you? So I do a couple stretch people and the other ones just actually on my list was my sister. Like I don't talk to my sister as much as I should because I, you know, and my grandma was on my list. It's like, I should call my grandma every day. So it doesn't always have to be other people. Those are important, big relationships to me that I just have to, and I'll probably do it more than once every 25 weeks, but, but it's just a reminder to myself, like these are the key people I need to and want to connect with. Yeah. So that was role number one, Amy Porterfield, big relationships. Role number two that she has in her business is content creation. I think obviously this is so duh, right? I mean, obviously she's like the master at content creation. 
And so I think one of the things that she does is she batches her content. We've always talked about batching and how amazing that is. That's what we do with the podcast as well. But also she said something that really stuck with me was what you do when you're not launching is more important than when you're launching. So think of your content in that way too, is that you're always bringing the value even if you're not launching something for people to buy. So when we talk about launching and then we're going to just kind of um, transition this into product, it could be that you it could be that you're a seasonal product and it could be that, you know, or when we talk about your high seasons and your low seasons. So Mina's little labels, your high seasons are summer and back to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly summertime. Right. Yep. Okay. So summertime that leads us into what September, which is back to school. So what she's doing in at Christmas time and in the spring is sometimes more important than what she's doing when she's in her high seasons and trying to get people to buy from her. Because if she's not top of mind for them through the entire year, she won't be top of mind when it's supposedly her her high season, right? Yeah. And I think that's like being of somewhat like the touch points, you know, like you can't expect the seven touch points to hit right when you're launching. You kind of have to build up to that, right? And then it's that no like, and trust that kind of, it, it's showing them that I know you're spending your time with us um, and our product and and we appreciate that. So I think that that's when it becomes clear to them who their brand loyalty is, is when people aren't trying to sell to them all the time. Mm-hmm. So something that you hear from everybody, you'll probably hear it from a ton of guests on our site is, um, I mean, on our podcast is the word consistency. I think the biggest thing that people always say is that you just want to be consistent. So if you're going to commit to content creation, getting that information out there, whether it's blog posts, Facebook lives, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, however you're reaching out to your customers, emails, you want to just be consistent. You want them to know and rely on the fact that they're going to see you and that you're going to stay top of mind. So, and then she talks about like a pre-launch runway, right? So same time, same thing too. People oftentimes in the product community are clients that I've worked with, especially like designer consulting co-op, because we work with a lot of startups. So people who are just coming up with a concept of their business, going through development, then production. They usually don't want to talk about their product until their production is done, right? But by the time your production is done, if it's a fashion product, it might be seasonal and you might have a very short, short window to talk to these people about your product before they're done buying what you're trying to sell them. So she also talked about, like Amy Porterfield also talked about um, the pre-launch runway for she, you know, sells courses and for you guys, it's that pre-launch. That's so also, if you look back like six to eight weeks before your selling period and how you're talking to them and how you're showing up. So are you starting to show up and do an Instagram live, a Facebook live? How are you showing up more for them? Are you sending them more emails to get them to remember you? And so that when you, they are engaged with you. So when you're ready to say like, Hey, guess what? Like you can buy from me now. They're already warmed up to you and they're like, Oh, awesome. We've been talking about this for six weeks. So I can buy it now. Yeah, for sure. And then it doesn't have to be everything everywhere. She really says consistency on one platform or not even one, but you get the idea, like try to at least stay consistent somewhere. So a lot of times it's a domino effect for us. That's this podcast, right? If we consistently deliver every single week, then other things will happen. So then if you're posting to Instagram consistently, things will happen. If you are posting on Pinterest, you know, every day things will happen. It might be something where you realize things are happening too slow. So you have to shift 
you know, where you're consistently showing up. But the thing is, if you quit that consistency, it will confuse your customer. So if we quit podcasting every single week, you'd be like, oh, where's Jacqueline and Mina? What's going on? They didn't tell me they were going to be gone the entire summer. You know, that's exactly, you know, some people take December off, but they let their audience know. So being consistent in all those things of like, you know, if I consistently talk about how my labels are being used outside of the time when it's like, you know, not my high season, then people will understand my brand more. And then they'll be like, okay, when I need it, I know who to think of. And by the way, we're not taking off the summer, so nobody worry. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. We would batch that for you. Um, Yeah. So I think exactly what you're saying. So it's being consistent in some, and you know what else she said? You're never talking about it too much. She literally said that. She's like, you may think you may feel like you're talking about it too much, but you are never talking about it too much. And I was like, awesome. If Amy says you're never talking about it too much, then I am going to talk about it always. Um, So that's the thing about your product, you know, like people, you may think people know what you're selling, but they may not know what you're selling. Or maybe a handful of people see you one day when you're explaining the whole concept or the origin story of your product. And then the next, and then maybe you don't talk about it again for the entire year because you're like, I just did it this year. It needs to be something super consistent that you're reinforcing it. Um, going back to your brand's message, going back to the reason why you made it, what it's going to solve for them, like how it's going to problem solve. You know, so that's the content that you guys can be creating um, and posting. So, like Mina said, like if you pull it down to one platform, um, and then figuring out what that content is to get people to know, like, and trust your product to then eventually pay for it. Yeah. It's just consistent mode of communication, I guess, you know, so are they, is your customer in taking that information on Instagram? Are they taking it in on Pinterest? You know, where, where's their favorite platform? And then maybe just start with that and see, see how you can lay out a content calendar. Something that we didn't know or realize was that Instagram was going to be our biggest platform. So for the product boss, we're, we're there. People are DMing us. We're chatting. We're interacting with our community. We're so excited about the things that we see. And it really is a strong community. And we never ever, I think, thought that Instagram was going to be the place that we were hanging out. We thought it was going to be in Facebook or in our Facebook community, which we also have. But Instagram is just a really easy way to access us. And everyone's on their phone now. It just pops up so much easier. Um, and so that content idea, you know, it's coming, it's what are we posting in our feed and what are we talking about in our story? and how you, our listeners, know when to show up, what you're going to get from us. If you follow us, if you like us, if you engage with us, you know what you're being delivered by the product class. Yeah, for sure. And then the added value, right? It's like when you get special stuff over there that you don't get on our podcast and things like that. So then like when you know they're liking that communication and even though you're not in launch mode, let's say, you're still providing the value and giving them special things, even though you're not, you know, in quote unquote launch mode. And I will say the one thing that she said, I think it kind of comes down to content and we'll get into this probably in other episodes is, you know, because people are like, well, how do you create content for product? So thinking about that, do you have, do you have customer stories? Are you sharing customers interacting with your product? Are you asking them to do testimonials? Did they post something like a review that you're going to share on there? Is the content, again, explaining certain 
items and products? Is it the origin story of the business? Is it here's your problem, here's your solution? So um, coming up with that content. But then we get into a lot of service businesses or online courses will sort of give do um they'll get you into their funnel with a free download of something, right? Um, and that's how they get the email. They're email address so that they can interact with you off of whatever these platforms are. So for a product business, it might be like sign up for, um, sign up for a X amount off, sign up for $5 off one item, sign up for 15% off of your entire purchase, sign up for whatever. If you're going to run different promotions and what you're trying to do is you're trying to get their email address. And so what Amy said, if she could give one piece of business advice, it would be you cannot run an online business without an email list. So unless you guys have a brick and mortar and you don't ever plan on selling online, you need an email list to sell to. And that is her one piece of one thing. That's like, we're like, if we could take away anything, (laughs) she said, you need an email list. Yeah. And that's just because you own that list, right? Like if Facebook goes away, if Instagram goes away, um, most likely products, people won't have a podcast, you know? So if all those social media platforms go away, even Pinterest, which is like more like a search engine, what, what are you left with? You'll always have somebody's email, right? So I think that that's just, even if you have 10 people on your email list right now, by the end of 2019, try to get it to whatever goal you have for yourself, you know, and then make that your focus. Maybe you start with like 10 people for the month of January and then you're like, okay, I want 20 people in February and I want 40 people in March, you know, and think about the ways that you can do it. So what are you giving? How are you interacting? The power of the DM in direct messages. If you're on Instagram, you could say, hey, what's your email address? I'd love to send you a code for a discount, like a friends and family code. So if someone's commenting and talking to you, oh, we had a client today um, share with us that two people reached out to her for something like customizable for her product, something they wanted just randomly. And she's like, I didn't get their email addresses. So we're like, well, how'd they reach out to you? Through Messenger. Great. Email them back and say, hey, thanks for, you know, thanks for that feedback. It really like, you know, added some inspiration to my business. What's your email address? I'll send you a discount code for your next order. Cool. Now she has their email addresses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love that. Um, It's don't be afraid to ask for their email. You know, if you have a direct line to them and it's not like, well, I mean, on Facebook, it's even, they reached out to her originally. So that would be even easier, but start having the focus of consistent content with the ultimate goal of getting their email address. And then, you know, like at trade shows, start collecting emails at where else, you know, anywhere, just get, just get their email. Your currency, your exchange should always be to an email. So we were talking to clients about, um, they're going to business to business trade shows. So like a wholesale trade show. And when you show up in front of just customers, right, you do a giveaway for emails. You say a tag us um, or send us, send, leave your email and we'll send you a discount code. Um, for the business to business type deal, it's like if they walk in and look at your product, they know that the exchange is if their eyes are on your product, you need to validate that they're a wholesale vendor. You say, hey, can I have a card? Oh, I don't have a card. Great. Could you please put your email address and your name right here in this book and write it in? So no matter what you're doing, if they're gracing your presence, then you're going to grab their email address and people know that that's what they're supposed to give you when at least let's say for sure wholesale, if they're going to look at your stuff, they're supposed to exchange that with you. And then, you know, whenever you're live and live with people, grab it. Like, don't let them walk away. Be like, here, I'm going to email you a discount code for online. Like I have a show special, that sort of thing. 
Yeah. I want people to keep in mind that you're not getting these emails to blast the heck out of them with email, you know, like, because in your mind, you're thinking you need a thousand people. And if 3% convert, then that'll be however many sales. The key really is to think about the big relationships. So in that case that Jacqueline was talking about, you know, you're getting the email addresses of buyers. These are people that you could build big relationships with, right? So it's not necessarily you know, the sequence email to get that person to buy and to warm them up. It's definitely just about connecting with them. And then you happen to have a mode of communication and that is email. And getting your stuff in front of them and knowing that, you know, maybe they won't buy from you this season. It's the first time they're seeing it. So maybe it's next season. So you may shoot them an email with your line sheet. You may talk to them about it. They might be like, you know, we're going to pass for now great. I'm going to reach back out to you soon. Maybe you send them something like in between the two markets. Maybe you, you know, whatever it is, you stay top of mind. Then you reach out to them again and you're like, Hey, here's our new fall collection. Take a look. We've introduced this new stuff. Since we last spoke, this, these things are doing really, really well. Um, and then if you listen to our podcast episode with Jared from Pura Vita bracelets, he shares like how to make it even easier for them to place an order. So email list, content creation kind of all goes together. And what did she say again? What you do in your, when you're not launching is more important than what you do when you are launching. Right. Bring the value always. The final thing that Amy focuses on as the lead of her business is her meetings with her team. Yes. Um, This is what I want to caution everybody about filling their calendar up with too many meetings. Try always to have your meetings on like one day or two days out of the week. Otherwise, those meetings are going to be meetings on meetings on meetings on meetings. But you need to be there because you're a key person. So just make sure that um, if you can, just do like meetings on Mondays or something. So depending on who's working for you, some of you might be like, um, okay, I'm going to have a meeting with myself, (laughs) which is fine. But maybe it's a Monday. Maybe it's a Monday that you sit down in the morning and you block out time and you're like, Monday mornings, I'm going to check in with all the things that need to happen this week, right? So then if you get an assistant or maybe you do have a small team, I managed, I had a I had a literal in-person team of five people in my office um, and we called it Mindset Mondays. And what I was hoping to do is set the mindset for the week with um, my team. So I kind of, whatever I needed to theme it on because we knew what our last week looked like and then knowing what our tasks were. So maybe there are things top of mind. We had certain products in development or production, or maybe we knew we had production coming in and we really needed to get it shipped out. Whatever it was, I knew the things that were big big, big, big. I didn't need to know all the little things as the business owner, but I knew the big things. And I would sort of put those as my top priority of like four things to talk about. Then everyone would get about 10 minutes because we needed to keep this at about an hour meeting from like 9.30 to 10.30 on a Monday. People come in, they get their coffee, we sit down, we have this meeting, and then we go off and do our work. So then we would go over some big topic ideas like for example, we were uh, an employee was leaving, and so we needed to like do knowledge extraction from him. And so I have one example of you know what do we need to know from him? Where are these things? Then it was basically the questions were basically you know um, where are we at? So asking people like where they're at, is there anything they need help for me on? Um, what are the big things that they're working on for the week? So as the business owner, I was able to sort of get a grasp over everything that was happening in my office. And at that point, if they needed me to help them with something or they needed all hands on deck for something, we could talk about that in our Monday meeting and know that maybe some priorities had to shift because something needed more attention that week. So I think that's for 
your close everyday working team. And then if you have people, a lot of you may have people who are helping you with your website or social media managers, who else, you know, just people that maybe are not in your business every day. That might be that you do like a once a month meeting or every other week meeting where you sit down and you have like a quick conversation. If you have a social media manager, it might be more often. And then you just pick those meetings with the key people in your business that do require some of your time to make sure that everything is processing correctly. Yeah. Let's say you have a Pinterest manager, you um, have another contract person, a graphic designer, let's say, or something. Um, Try to do those on the same day. Like if it's once a month, do it on the 15th of every month or the 25th. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, remember the green light thing? Yeah. Um, And one person to add for you on that too is like maybe your manufacturer. So if you have a factory making product for you, you probably need to be talking to them more often. Like, how are they doing? Have you sent in a production order? Are they on time? You know, who's your key contact there that's going to make sure that whatever you're making is being developed? Because a lot of you are makers, but then a lot of you are actually having production facilities make stuff for you. So what we talked about, what Mina and I were talking about before the call was the green light, yellow light, and red light. So think about it like as a you know, traffic signal. So green light was like, everything was good. You know, like it's green lit, they're working on it, everything's going well. Yellow light is kind of like our warning. They might be getting into the weeds, it might need attention. Like let's bring attention to it right now because it might need some more focus to make sure that it doesn't go to red, but it goes back up to green. And then red light is like all hands on deck. Um, we need to stop everything we're doing. So an example of that, for example, could be production is due at the, on Friday because we're shipping the stores on Monday and a contractor has lost, I don't know, all of the string that we need to make something. Or production is done and the quality control came through and there's like a huge issue with quality control. That might require everyone to stop for a second and look at that and figure out how to problem solve. Like what can we do to salvage this? Or do we all do we need to start again and go run around and get all the materials and get this put back together? So um, red light is something that you don't want a lot of, but if you're having these meetings, people can bring them up to you and hopefully they're bringing them up to you when they're in the yellow. So it could be like, hey, so I checked on production and there looks like there might be some quality control issues. I'm working with the contractor right now to see if he can resolve it. Okay, that's yellow. That's you as a business owner to keep like in your brain, like, okay, this is something that could be a big issue. So let me be aware of it and check back in with them like the next day or a couple days. Then if it's something that they're dealing with and they're like, okay, we can't fix it now. What do we do? Then you've been aware of it. It's not something that you're also sidelined with being like, wait, hold on. You should have told me last week that there was an issue with production. So as a business owner, you just really need to have your pulse on your business. And if the people who work for you know that they're sort of checking in with you and they do have access to you when they need you, and you have these meetings, everyone can check in as needed. Yeah. The other thing too, is that you can switch up who leads those meetings. So if you have a agenda set already in the structure, it might be different people that handle the flow. So those people might not always have to be you leading it where they use you as like a crutch per se of the timing and, you know, do you need me to do something? Um, It becomes more of a team. And then that way, you know, I mean, some people, they hate that, right? I mean, I used to be that way where I hated leading meetings. Can I say that didn't help me in the future now that I have a podcast? No, I mean, absolutely help. So, so you're kind of forcing them into a scenario where once a week they, they lead the meeting, but there's, you know, it's not like they have to give a presentation. They are literally calling out the names and making sure everybody knows what light they're on. Green, 
you know, yellow or red. Yeah. And so I actually, from a control perspective, because I wasn't in my office every day because I was bi-coastal for so long, I needed to be a part of those meetings and I definitely led them because at some point they also still needed to know that I was in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) They needed like boss was showing up and they needed to answer to me because there was a structure internally in the office where, um, you know, there was a woman who was in charge and everybody was kind of below her. But when I got on that call with them, because a lot of the times it was digital, which is probably why I tried to make it motivational as well. um, I was like, this is what I need to know because I wasn't in my office every day to know about all the things. So I think, but let's say I wasn't available, it would fall to, I'll just say her name, like Jamie, for example, it would fall to Jamie to, to take over that same meeting meeting and do it because then that empowers her to take over a managerial role. So I can really exit like the business in the day to day like that. Um, the person who's making sure the goal for everybody is that your business can run without you. Like we were talking about in our mastermind, you could be on a beach sipping some Mai Tais while your company is working and working well. And you get to just sort of get these like um, sheets that tell you how the business is going and you're able to look at that because you know your business and you're able to be like a oh, great sales are right where they're supposed to be or sales are up or sales are down. I need to call somebody. Um, but we want you guys eventually to build your business. You could step out of it. So I would say you could go both or you, you could have, if you had an online business manager or, or a business manager or you own a store and there's a manager, you can also ask them to have these team meetings. So maybe they're doing the weekly team meetings. You pop into them and maybe once a month you're having meetings only with your managerial team. Yeah. I think it's really important too to have these meetings. But at the same time, you want to not be your own bottleneck of meetings all the time. You know, this is kind of something you see sometimes in corporate settings. I saw all the time where it was like the VP of this department was always in meetings. That's all they did was go to meetings and they created their own bottleneck themselves. So I think that as long as you set it up on a certain day, have a very clean structure to it, you can pull yourself out when needed so then things don't fall apart when you can't make a meeting. And then also just teaching people how to make decision-making abilities, you know, so you don't have to make every single decision in a meeting because that will be such a time suck, you know. But as Amy Porterfield said, that's one of her big roles is she focuses on uh, team meetings and and that becomes, you know, basically her structure becomes the business structure. I think she also said she didn't like meetings at some point, but then she realized that, that, you know, they were essential, especially as the owner to keep your finger on the pulse of your business. So I would, what I would recommend, you know, managing the size team that I, I had, which many people have Monday meetings, like a Monday morning when everyone's getting back, they're kind of settling in, they're, they're reconnecting. You give them a half hour to like figure out you could bring coffee if it's in real life. You could do virtual coffee. You could send people like gift cards for Monday meetings and be like, go get a Starbucks and meet me on Zoom. Um, but I would do probably a Monday because you kind of can address the week. And I would say if you had like a later in the week type meeting with that same team, it would it would probably more so be if something was happening in your Monday meeting that you're like, let's meet back on Wednesday or Thursday to see where we are in this. It doesn't have to be every week, but if there was something that was yellow or red, that might be where you ask for another meeting to happen. But I agree. You should not be in meetings all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I think that this list is so important from from Amy Porterfield of her roles because it's critical roles, right? This is what's going to move her business forward. And this is what's going to sink her ship if she does not focus in the, on these roles. So again, it's big relationships, 
content creation and meetings with your team. And that's basically the critical role that you play as CEO of your business. So yeah, I mean, I just, you know, want to thank her for being so open with us as she spoke at Kickass Masterminds. She was definitely willing to give. And I will say like that genuine attitude, um, you feel how genuine she is uh, online and on her podcast. And she truly is. And the, and she can speak off the cuff and answer questions off the cuff and just so much knowledge. But she also shares that she also is willing to share how she has grown. You know, she says like masterminds are a must. Like she absolutely, she said her business wouldn't be where it is if she wasn't in a mastermind. And she also said that if there was something she didn't know, she would hire a coach. So every time there was something new in, in a business that she may hire a coach or a consultant to basically help her get there. So you can see that you can grow to be huge and great, but it's not alone. It's not without masterminds and like help from other people. It's not without working with an expert. It's not without the team that you build and without the relationships that you're cultivating. So thank you, Amy, for all of your good advice that really has helped us and that we're hoping to share with our listeners as well. Yeah. Even Amy Porterfield, I don't know if she had or has, but she has a life coach, you know? So she knows such the the struggle of balancing being a wife, a mom, a business owner, all that stuff, and how that it's all interconnected. So having a life coach, she knew was important to becoming a better person and business altogether. So if Amy Porterfield needs it, we all need it. <laughs> <laughs> So go out and find yourself a life coach now <laughs> and a mastermind and a coach now. Um, so yeah. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode. We just felt like the information was so good that we really wanted to share it with all of you. And um, if you love the episode, please make sure to let us know over on Instagram. Um, subscribe. Like we said in the beginning, subscribe, leave us reviews. That all will really help share our message with other product entrepreneurs. Thanks everyone. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, product bosses, let's make it happen.